Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no snap Alright, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast Dane here with Wags And uh, what a tough, tough loss uh, that was against the Minnesota Vikings. I hate losing to the Vikings anytime, but the way they lost that one was was a tough one, I think, to swallow eggs. We'll get into it. Uh, but how are you feeling on this Monday evening? Yeah, Dane, um, you know, we're 8-3. and three. We're still in the driver's seat for the division. And I think it, it, sometimes when you lose, it's just good to take a step back and, and look at the big picture and – I was listening to some of the uh, post-game radio show uh, yesterday, and I think for the most part, most of the Packer fans that were calling in had a pretty good perspective on this game. There were a few folks that were kind of, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, overreacting a little bit too Mm -hmm. much, in my opinion. But um, I think big picture, uh, it's it's not that big of a deal. Uh, One of the things that's we were just talking about before we got on that's really gut wrenching. I think more than anything is another big injury to one of our key guys in Elton Jenkins. Um, now confirmed he's out for the season with ACL injury. So uh, Dane, I think that's uh, the, 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 the worst news to come out of this week by far, in my opinion, yeah. because it, look, um, we haven't locked the division yet, but you're just looking at the schedule and we've got the buy coming up after this, this week, I, I think, I think we're still in a, a definitely obviously in the driver's seat and the schedule lightens a little bit. So I think we're still in a really, really good position overall, but um, it's just pretty gut wrenching, right. To, to lose another key guy and just feel, feel badly for Alton Jenkins. He's kind of taking that step to becoming basically a star in this league. Yeah. It's gut wrenching. It's, it makes me kind of sick because these ACL injuries are, um, you know, it's not like, okay, we'll see in training camp, young man. I, you know, some of these, even with modern medicine, it's sometimes can be a while, as we're seeing right now with David Bakhtiari. I mean, Bakhtiari, we were, some of us, even if this is completely um, was off base, clearly it was, we were hopeful maybe Bach would be back to start the season. And, you know, now we're sitting here where Thanksgiving's coming up, David's still not back. And uh, they're saying maybe in December now uh, he's able to come back. And I, it's just, you know, it's not a toughness thing with Bach. It's just either you go or you can't go, or especially with the ACL. So, um, you know, to see Robert go down, Tunyon with this ACL, and now also Elton Jenkins. I mean, these are two young, bright stars. Uh, Elton Jenkins, potentially one of the best offensive linemen in football. Uh, over the next couple of years. The fact that he's out makes me sick to my stomach wags because it's it's going to be a while before we see him big 74 back in green and gold uh, and shoulder pads. So, um, you know, not a lot of good, I thought, really came out of this game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was I was hopeful, uh, and I don't want this to be a pity party. It's one game. But, uh, you know, the injury really stinks and uh, the kicking woes continue. And I think that those are probably my two biggest takeaways on the negative side was Elton's injury and uh, and Mason Crosby. So I think maybe we start there. We don't talk offense, defense. I'm curious what's going on with Mason. He's missed eight now. Um, he, he, you asked me a couple of weeks ago, should we sound the alarm? I said we were getting close, <laughs> but no alarm yet. 
Um, I'll tell you what, I thought that um, Steve Wordle, the long snapper, continues to struggle. Um, um, Bajorquez had to go and like get that ball, uh, the first punt of the game. Uh, I thought that the ball looked wobbly on the one of the field goal attempts as well. And, uh, you know, Mason missed uh, what I think is kind of a gimme, what we would expect from Mason Crosby over the course of his career. So um, I'm not asking you where do we go from here, but do you have any thoughts at all uh, that haven't been covered yet? Or, you know, or how concerned should we be? Because I'm pretty darn concerned at this point about Mason Crosby and this kicking unit as a whole. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't know if we would have won the game, but we lost by three points and he missed yeah. a chip shot field goal. So we don't know where to go from here. I mean, we've seen this a few years ago um, when uh, McCarthy was still on uh, the head job and he stuck with Mason Crosby a uh, different point in his career. And I'm not suggesting it's time to cut Mason Crosby right. in the middle of the season. I, I don't really think you have – anything else to do but ride this out i it's it's kind of confounding to me because i guess i don't understand how a guy that can be that consistent for this long and it's not a physical thing um why all of a sudden he's having all these mental issues and that's what it is to me it's clearly all mental the 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 most frustrating thing about it is you think he might be getting over the top, he hits a 54-yard field goal in his first attempt. If anything, I w- no one should really blame him if he missed that one, right? Mm. Um, he hits that, and you're. I'm kind of thinking, I don't know about you, Dane, but I'm kind of thinking, all right, maybe he's over. Like, that's the type of kick you make, and you think, you know, that can cure some of the ills that you, you've been seeing. And then he misses a chip shot. So uh, I, I don't know what you do aside from – just keep trotting them out there and, and it's just got to get better. The protection has been better uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, the snaps have been okay. I think the hold's been okay. I, I you know, we've had uh, not perfect snaps, I think more so on the punts than we have on the field goals, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. But it, it's there's Dan, I just don't, I am I'm a little speechless because I don't really know what else to say uh, other than you just got to like keep, trotting Mason out there. And this is a guy that's been in this league for what? This is his 16th season in the league. I, he, he's got to hope that he just gets better. And I, I realize that that isn't necessarily a, a great insight or a solution that folks may want to hear, but uh, uh, there's not really a whole lot of other options. I mean, granted, we've had JJ Molson on the practice mm-hmm. squad now for uh, two years, a young guy that uh, out of UCLA, we've had him on the podcast and, um, he's got the leg, uh, but I don't see the Packers right now, you know, sitting Mason and then turning to JJ Molson. Do you? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So it's a, it's a good segue. I mean, I, I don't think I see that happening and I do wonder, especially if it's a mental, you know, if it's kind of a mental block at this point for Mace, if, um, it does any good, right. To have him sit in it more, you've got to wonder if the Packers strategy at this point is just to try to have him kick out of it for lack of a better term. It's kind of think of like shooting in basketball guys go cold and some of them, some of the best ones will try to shoot out of it. You know, maybe Crosby, that's the goal because if he sits for a week, uh, they could, uh, theoretically call up JJ Molson, right? Um, they've protected him every single week this year. Packers clearly don't want him to get signed away. 
by by another team at this point. Um, so theoretically, they could call up JJ for one of these um, two spots, and he could swing the leg for a week just to you know give Mason a, a chance to rest a little bit and think about it. But um, I don't think that's really helpful to be honest with you at this point, because if it is mental, what's that really doing other than having him think through it even more? I mean, here's your other options. And I don't know if any of these things help. Um, You know, if you've got a guy like JJ Molson, if you can spare an extra active spot on the game day roster, which I really don't think you can, Mm -hmm. um, you can bring him up and he can do the kickoffs if nothing else. And that's one last thing that Mason Crosby has to concern himself with. I'm not sure if uh, Borges can do kickoffs, but they may. So perhaps if he can, that's an option. What that has to do with field goals, not a lot, but it's one last thing that Mason needs to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't really need Mason having to track down the field. Luckily, our protection on kickoffs has been good. Uh, our coverage has been good. So uh, he hasn't had to do a lot of work there. But that's one thing. Uh, or we could go back and, and uh, change snappers again. Um, or if we've got another option for someone else to do the holding. Uh, the thing is, though, is the more you tinker with this, uh, the, that doesn't necessarily solve problems. I mean, this is a repetition thing, too. So that chemistry at those spots is important. Um, but with the bye week coming up, I, I think it would behoove the Packers uh, and, and Coach Drayton, the special teams coordinator, yeah. to be looking at all options, um, to be honest with you. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, I don't think – I. I, I I hear what you're saying, Dane. I don't think that um, that Mason uh, is is getting sat for a week or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, but I think some of those other options could be on the table for sure. Um, and and the thing is, is it's easy to say, well, he just has to kick through it. But you know, and I, it's not a bad analogy. But a lot of times you're only getting one or two field goal attempts in a game. So there's not a lot of margin for error. You've got to go out there, and his job is to make those kicks. Uh, there's no other way around it. He's got a 33-yard field goal. He's got to make that 99% of the time. And right now that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a problem, and it's costing us opportunities to win the game. It's not the reason we're losing games, but it's not helping. And that's 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 a problem. Um, so – uh, yeah, you said at the top, Dane, we might need to vent a little bit. I think that's that's one of the things, and we're normally pretty positive. We try not to, uh, you know, jump off a cliff when Packers lose a game, uh, but it might help a little bit to highlight a couple of things. Um, so, you know, let's let's just jump around a little bit. I yeah. think there was a lot of people frustrated with uh, the defense yesterday, and it wasn't obviously our best performance. You come coming off of three stellar performances against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals against Patrick Mahomes and Kansas city chiefs. And then obviously shutting out Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, to me, it's just one of those things where um, game game flow kind of matters. Um, There, there were some things that happened in this game and I, I I don't want to take some, any credit away from the Vikings, but let's be honest. uh, We could have had, three, four, five interceptions of Kirk Cousins in this game, Um, or at least we had that many opportunities where realistically we could have come away with uh, interception. Uh, They, they had the ball on the turf. Um, It looked like we could have picked up the ball when they fumbled, when he had a sack fumble. Um, So there was a lot of things that if we just 
get our hands on the football and yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, this is a, but that that's the reality. This could have been a completely different game. This played out exactly how I think, you know, when we previewed it, we kind of expected it might a tired team. We had some injuries, especially on the defensive side that are just piling up. If anything, I'm really proud of our D line and outside linebackers, the way that they were able to step in and get, get pretty good pressure on Kurt cousins um, for most of the day. But there was just a lot of 50, 50 balls that seemed to go the Vikings way. And sometimes it goes that way. And we, we do need to be better in some of those situations, but um, there's no doubt that, you know, if we were, they're not going to put up 34 points. And I think we would have gone in there and stolen the win. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, you know who's been really impressive, I think, this year overall has been um, Preston Smith. He's been really good this year. And I I don't think that he gets quite as much credit maybe as some of the other players. Uh, Obviously, Rashawn Gary's emergence has been phenomenal. Um, You know, and Campbell has been ridiculous in the middle of the field. Kenny Clark, Kenny Clark, by the way, yesterday, holy smokes, he was manhandling the middle of that um, that Minnesota Vikings offensive line. But, um, you know, I thought that Preston looked really good, um, not only not only in pass rush situations, but also um, was just in the right position at the right time against Dalvin Cook. I, if I recall in the second series of the game, I think he had like two tackles for a loss just right away. So he's just setting the tone. And I feel like he's playing more within himself this year than maybe he did last year. I feel like last year – um, wasn't in the best position at all times uh, by the coaching staff. I don't think they're utilizing him to his skill set. And then I think that the second half of the year he was pressing and maybe he was trying a little too hard to uh, make up for, for a, a tough first half. This year he's just been outstanding. So I thought that he was really good looking on the positive side. And then Tipa Nalea, holy smokes, good for Tipa, comes off the practice squad. He's been within the organization now for a couple of years and um, – not only rushing passer wags where I thought he did a, a very good job, but um, what really surprised me was how sound he was against the run. Uh, did he make a couple young mistakes? Yeah, he did. But overall, uh, I thought he made some impact plays as well. He had a tackle uh, that that stopped the Vikings on third down uh, a few inches short, uh, uh, you know, made the Vikings punt. He just made his presence known and he seemed to be all over and around the ball. And that's something that you can't really teach all the time. Some guys just have a way of finding their way around the ball. So I was really impressed, I thought, with both of them. On the flip side, Wags, the corners uh, yesterday, I thought had a a pretty tough outing. Kevin King, uh, I thought, yet again. But Eric Stokes is somebody that he's going to be a good corner. He's really going to be a good corner. I like Eric Stokes. I think he's a pretty good corner already. They've pressed him in against some of the best receivers in football. And Justin Jefferson, no doubt about, is one of those guys. The hard thing to watch a little bit at times with Eric Stokes so far in his young career is he does all the things right, the hard stuff. He sticks with the wide receiver, and then he loses track of the ball in the air a little bit. And he's having a hard time, I think, right now tracking the ball when it's in the air. There are a couple times there, Wags, where I thought his coverage was really good, but he doesn't turn. And when he's not able to turn, he just gets beat. And I thought Jefferson was able to exploit that a few times. I think that's something Minnesota saw on tape as well. They decided to attack. Um, they decided to attack Stokes through the air deep a fair number of times. 
And I think it's going back to some of the other games. We could see some of those challenges he has tracking the ball as well. So those are a couple of guys I thought had particularly rough games, but um, it's not unique to that. I really would have liked Savage to be able to squeeze a couple of those interceptions. We had those opportunities, as you said. Um, the, the, the good side of all this is they had all these chances. They played a pretty bad game, I thought, overall defensively, and they still had a chance to win this thing near the end. The tough uh, truth, though, is anytime you have a chance to go on the road and beat uh, a division rival and kind of shut the door on their season, uh, for, you know, which would have been really nice, uh, they weren't able to do that. And that's just something we're going to have to live with the rest of the year. Yeah. And you mentioned Kevin King. I was going to highlight some of the, you were highlighting some of the positives. Yeah. Uh, there weren't a lot. And I was going to highlight some of the negatives. So I completely agree with you. I don't need to repeat everything you said, but Kevin King actually only got 26 snaps. And it was just, it was Azul Douglas after about the second series. That was getting majority of the snaps out there. And I thought he did okay. Uh, it wasn't his best performance as a Packer either. But, um, you know, one of the more frustrating plays, obviously, because there was uh, so much on the line at the time was in that last series for the Vikings and Rasul Douglas had really good coverage in my opinion on Thielen. And that was one of those ill-advised passes that cousins threw up. And unfortunately Rasul just turned the wrong way while the ball was in the air. Yeah. Cause if he turns the other direction, it's going to go right into his hands and he's probably taking that the other way for, for six yeah. Dane. And it's, 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 you know, it's, Again, I don't want to take anything. Well, maybe I do want to take stuff away from the Vikings. We hate the Vikings. Sure, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, it's when when plays like that, when it's just dumb decisions that are made and we were not able to make them pay for it, I think that's what's probably the most frustrating thing for us and for other uh, Packer fans out there because it felt like that was a game that quite literally slipped through our hands uh, in many ways out there, especially for the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Legs, I mentioned Tipa. Were you as impressed as I was? We got to look at some of the positive to you here. Uh, he's going to earn a role, I think, as this season continues. Or, or do you disagree there? I thought for a young guy, he looked fresh too. And I thought overall, the defense looked pretty tired especially the second half. We lost a lot of our pass rush punch that second half. They looked gassed, I thought, yesterday. Um, you know, LaFleur, even before the Vikings game, said that, um, you know, this is a team that needs a bye. Um, I think he's right. But that that fourth quarter, they just weren't getting any push, I thought, on Cousins. A lot of the pass rush dropped off. And uh, I think part of that is just this is kind of a, a walking wounded team at this point. So Tipa was, uh, I thought, a, a nice breath of fresh air, getting some fresh legs in there to rush the passer. Yeah, and uh, Shadid Kelly commenting on here on our Facebook channel that I can't stand those Vikes. Yeah, we're right there. We're right, right there with you. Trust us. <laughs> <Don't> trust us. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I think you're right, Dane. The, when, when you look at some of the positives, Tipa, obviously, he this is his first game. Uh, so I'm sure that he probably had some extra motivation out there. But fresh legs this time of year. For sure. We saw, you know, Tyler Irvin come in around this time of the year a couple of years ago and had those fresh legs. And sometimes you don't notice that until you get these guys that haven't been uh, out there in that grind every week. And um, so if he can give you that again, I think the true test uh, will be it's it's definitely a positive development. No doubt about that. True test will be if he can do that again in the next game or the game after uh because even if we get some of these guys back uh we may need him for some snaps down the stretch uh there's that's for sure um so dane i think 
you know, uh, we could go on about the defense. Um, I know there were some folks a little bit frustrated with some of the laundry that was out on the field, I think on both sides of the ball uh, in terms of some of the penalties. And I guess I'll say this, I, I'm never really too fond of complaining about the refs, but uh, the Packers are not a heavily penalized team. And it just seemed like yesterday, I don't know about you, but there, when you look at the penalties and, and to be fair, both sides really didn't really didn't see a lot of uh, blatant uh, things that they called those penalties on it. It seemed like the types of uh, things that a lot of other officiating crews seem to let go and yeah. they wait for the blatant calls before they throw the penalty flag. So um, if nothing else, that would be my biggest complaint is it almost seemed like they were looking for penalties uh, to, to throw uh, flags on more so than letting them actually happen. Um, you know, I, I know I see things through uh, uh, gold colored glasses. I, I totally acknowledge that, but um, I don't know. Do you have, uh, do you agree, Dane? I, I, again, I don't want to make this a, um, you know, complaining about the, the official session. It just, mm-hmm. I, it, it made a difference in this game. Look how many first and twenties we had offensively, um, you know, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the, the uh, roughing the passer call on Kirk Cousins. And I do get that they had a similar one uh, the other way with Rogers uh, later in the game. Um, and, you know, there's, there could have been some offensive pass interference that they didn't yeah. call. Um, so, you know, there's this, it does have an effect. There's no doubt about that. So I, I'm just curious if if you had any uh, similar sentiments or if you feel like, you know, you just have to take the good with the bad when it comes to officiating week over week. I was pretty frustrated. I thought with the officiating, it felt a little bit like, okay, you know, the, I, I wish I didn't have to know the name of the officials yesterday. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what it felt like is let these guys play a little bit more. Uh, and then when they let them play, it seemed to be a fair number of push-offs. And I, I don't want to sit here and, and and be like, oh, they're pushing off every play. There are a couple pretty significant push-offs, I thought, offensively. But I'll tell you what, the one that really, really frustrated me was early in the game, probably inconsequential to the overall makeup of the game. But it was the uh, Lucas Patrick head as the center uh, when his head went up. That's crap. I I don't know how else to put it because I watched uh, Sunday night football and the center for both teams did the exact same movement about 10 times each and they didn't get called for it. So I don't understand what that's about. And that's something that I will like, I will, I'll argue with anybody about that because I see that every single week, multiple times, every team does that. They have the same exact head motion. I don't know what they're calling that on. Well, that's the kind of thing that just sort of sets the tone for this is yes. the day, kind of day it's going to be. Um, and again, I, I, I'm not blaming the officials that the Packers lost. Um, it did seem like the cards were a little bit stacked against us in multiple ways yesterday. So let's maybe just leave it at that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so in moving on, then let's uh, flip over to the offensive side of the ball. But before we do, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, Dane, I don't know if you have any updates uh, on how your wife Andrea did on her daily fantasy over the weekend. Wags, you should have uh, talked her into DeGuara, I guess. Your uh, X factor from this week, uh, your prediction, and then Josiah DeGuara goes out and has his first NFL touchdown. So super impressive there. 
Um, it sounds like she's uh, she's not faring as well as she'd hoped she would, but she's been really good most weeks uh, using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. She used that promo code TPPN. Again, promo code TPPN, uh, like the uh, Pigskin Podcast Network, uh, and was able to get a heck of a deal. She's been playing DraftKings Sportsbook all season long. She's had a lot of success. Um, so maybe she'll have to she'll have to listen to our preview podcast and hear your X Factor this week um, because uh, you you picked Josiah Deguara and I'm sure a lot of folks that did pick Josiah on the DraftKings Sportsbook app had a pretty good week. So again, use promo code TPPN get a heck of a deal with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right. So it is Turkey Week, and we've got a special no-brainer offer for new customers. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if any team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN at uh, uh, this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook. Dot com. Um, if you win, if they win, you win. Um, it uh, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Dane, moving over to the offensive side then, um, I think one of the things that um, we really um, need to focus on is – Yes, we put up 31 points, and I think that's that's the good thing, right? Um, and Aaron Rodgers got it going in the yeah. second half, so that's a good thing. Uh, does that carry over here uh, to this week and moving forward for the rest of the season? MVS, your X factor. Finally, we connected on a deep ball at a key moment. Um, so there were a lot of positives offensively. Um, you know, one of the things that, and not to start with the negatives again, but it wasn't a bad thing per se. I thought we ran the ball okay, and I get that we were playing from behind uh, for much of the second half, but I was a little really disappointed, actually, that uh, A.J. Dillon only got 11 carries, and I'm just curious what you think. Where was the moment in this game where it felt like we kind of got away uh, from what we wanted to do on the ground and, and how that may have had an impact on uh, our effectiveness, particularly in the first half when we weren't putting up the points and, and converting and getting into the end zone. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And, and yeah, it's, it's so fascinating because, you know, AJ ends up with 17 touches, but I would have preferred 25 touches, <laughs> you know, so with some more runs, bump up that run number closer to 16, 17 runs, and then get them some, some work in the, in the passing game as well. Um, you know, I, I just thought it's, it's so interesting because the second half Aaron really got rolling and, and was torching them with his arm. But I feel like in that first half wags, um, there were just some third downs and even some second downs with some ill-advised throws. I thought from Aaron, his timing didn't look there. And it just felt like he was forcing the ball downfield, wasn't seeing the field all that well, um, really in that first quarter and a half, give or take, but really that first half overall. Um, and that's a concern I have, I guess, going forward is uh, if Aaron's toe injury continues, and those things are nasty, by the way. Anybody who's like, it's just a toe, has never had a toe injury and then tried to play sports on that. That's a nasty injury. Uh, so they're trying to keep him off his feet. I'm certain of that. Um, but 
it's concerning from a timing perspective. Rodgers is such a rhythm guy. Uh, one of the things that makes him so good is his rapport with Devontae, with MVS, finding those guys. And all year, Aaron's had a bit of a difficulty, I think, with the deep ball. Hasn't had that 2020 magic uh, as so, so much. Finally kind of got it going that second half. I'm curious to see if it does spill over. But I think that that all goes back to your question about A.J. Dillon. Thought early in the first half, were there opportunities to run the ball and just set the tone that, hey, even if we're getting one, two, three yards a carry, we're going to keep running the ball. You as a Minnesota Vikings defense are going to need to commit an extra guy in the box to try to take A.J. Dillon away. Um, They went away from that early, and I thought it made them a little bit more predictable. Now, later in the game, of course, it didn't seem to matter when Rodgers was hitting these guys, but I think the Packers could have potentially been in a better situation offensively in the first half, gotten more points out of a vulnerable Vikings defense if they're running the ball just a little bit more consistently. Even if the production wasn't there, if the threat was there, I think it takes away Minnesota's um, top, uh, you know, they're playing that too deep a little bit. I think it takes that away and makes Aaron Rodgers even that more effective probably in the second quarter on. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. The production was there. When you look at the numbers, he had uh, 53 yards and 11 carries. So he was yeah. averaging 4.8 yards to carry. You're going to take that all day, every day. So why is he only getting 11 carries in this game? And, and again, I get the second half. Uh, they were more big plays, and, and uh, Rodgers was cooking. Uh, it just – and I don't know. It, it felt like um, that that area of the field, the first series – we get it down to the Vikings, you know, 30, 35 yard line and we stalled. And that's where I want to see us have uh, more running plays so that we can get into a third and short situation. And then maybe we go for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it seems like that's an area of the field. We've been saying it for weeks. So this isn't just me this week bringing this up that we get down to the, uh, you know, the opponent's 25 to 35 yard line, and we're not even really getting it into the end, uh, red zone. And that's, that's for whatever reason, an area where we've struggled. And normally from an efficiency standpoint, especially when you've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you're better off throwing on first down than, than running most of the time. That's not an every first down thing, but I will say that there are certain parts of the field where I do think that we could lean on the run a little bit more, shorten up your down and distance situations. The field is shrinking for the defense as well and give ourselves Mm. some more manageable um, third down situations. If we do get to third down uh, so that we're, you know, able to move the chains. Um, I know that there was a few third downs in the first half that uh, some of our buddies in our package group made chat were grumbling a little bit about Aaron going deep. And I'll tell you what, I, I, a lot of times I'm not a fan of that. I didn't say anything at the time. So I hope it doesn't seem like I'm, you know, coming back at this retrospectively. I actually didn't mind it in this game because there was something to me about getting, taking some shots. And if Aaron and MVS could get some timing down, I just felt like if you took, keep, kept being aggressive and took a few more of those shots, eventually they would connect. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, But that being said, would have I preferred that they were in a third and three instead of a third and eight. And now you, you know, your whole playbook is opened up in that situation and you're more likely going to be in a spot where you can pick up a first down, or even if you don't, you can even go for it on fourth down. Uh, So that's, I think where we're missing the boat a little bit offensively is uh, we're, we're asking a little bit too much 
almost in in a creative sense, um, overthinking things. Let's give the ball to AJ Dillon uh, when we get down into that field goal range. Uh, maybe we get a little bit closer for Mason Crosby. Now, that's not to say you should miss a 33 yard field goal, but um, you know every little thing helps. And so uh, that's where I think we can be a little bit more aggressive with the run game. Uh, and I think that'll make things a little bit simpler, and we'll be a little bit more efficient in the long run as a result of that. Wags, what do you think about EQ? St. Brown had, I thought, best game maybe as a backer. I mean, three touches, 54 yards. He played great football yesterday. I'll give I him credit. I knew it all along. We, ne- we, I, <laughs> we I always mean, knew I've it. Been, I've been saying, you've been saying, we've been saying that this guy, we didn't understand why he got cut out of camp. Why isn't this guy, you know, our number two receiver? Right. Um, <laughs> uh, he had a good game. You yeah, know, uh, okay. I think he's 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 had a couple of moments, actually, dare I say, in the previous couple of games, too, where uh, a lot of times previous to that, I'll be honest with you, I, I never want to be down on a guy, but there seemed to be more why is this guy out there type mm-hmm. plays? And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but when your job is to go out there for five to 10 snaps and you're kind of screwing things up more on a, both a mental and physical standpoint and not executing simple things, uh, you're going to be under more scrutiny. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he feels that too. Um, so maybe he just played a little bit freer. He's a little bit more confident in what he was doing and his number has been called and he's made a few little plays here and there. And, um, he had a, a, a good game yesterday, no doubt about it. Um, so I don't know if you're leading the uh, EQ fan club now, Dane. <laughs> um, I, I'd love to see it again from EQ, but I'm, I'm happy to see the production. We want to see these guys succeed. Um, any way that he can get involved or we can have other guys step up and take a little of the load off of Devante and AJ and, you know, some of the run game, I'm all game for it. And the reality is this, Wags. There's room for other receivers to step up in this offense, even now. Devontae's the man. MVS, awesome game yesterday. If he can put a couple more of those together, it's going to be a really successful season, I think, for him. Getting back from that injury is a huge step. Um, You know, I promise you, I don't know this for a fact, but I can tell you, he's a tough guy. He gets out there, maybe not 100% when he came back from the injury. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not his doctor. But um, you know, he wanted to get out there. I know he's a gamer. So now seeing him have that, that's the MVS I think we expect. That's the guy that we saw last year, had some difficulty catching the ball last year. He's uh, largely thrown that out the window this year. Has looked a lot more fluid catching the ball. So I'd like to see more of that from MVS. But Legs, even with that, there's room for another guy to eat. And if St. Brown wants to be that guy who can manufacture um, touches, you know, he had three touches for 54 yards. Um, I promise you, they're going to try to find ways to get the ball in his hands again going forward based on what he did yesterday. Not only just getting open, but also, um, you know, a little bit of wiggle, I thought, from EQ. And I really like to see that. Um, That's kind of the guy we saw coming out of college. And that injury, I think, was difficult for him a couple of years ago. To see him come back and do that yesterday, really, really encouraging. Would love to see him do it again. Yeah, and um, on a day that Randall Cobb was a little bit more quiet uh, in terms of the pass catching, only had two targets his way with one catch. So, you know, he's that's kind of the role he's in, right? Yeah. Like you need, need someone to have that two, three touches that you can make an impact on a player to move the chains. And uh, that's really all we're asking for. And a lot of times that is Randall Cobb, and, and he still had – 
twice as many snaps as ZQ did. I think Cobb was out there 45 snaps yesterday. Um, but, you know, he's he's not someone in Cobb I'm talking about that you're going to count on for five, six receptions every week. At this point in his career, he's, he's still contributing positively overall to the offense. Um, but uh, uh, certainly we need other guys to step up and make plays when they're called upon and good for EQ uh, yep. in all seriousness that he did, did accomplish that yesterday. Um, Dane, what did you think about the guys up front um, in terms of protection and, and kind of how they were handling things uh, with the Vikings pass rush and, and uh, just overall uh, how they performed as a unit? Better second half, I thought, than a first half. Billy Turner seemed to have a little bit of difficulty um, more in the first half against, uh, what's his name? Wanham for, for the Vikes. Uh, a couple penalties were called on him uh, a little bit before halftime. He got that hands in the face call, which I, I didn't get a chance to see. So, um, you know, he had a holding call against him as well. I, you know, overall though, the O-line, they had four, they committed four other penalties. I think they kind of shared the wealth, unfortunately, um, throughout the, the, the first half was rough. I'll put it that way. Second half, they seemed to, to shore it up a little bit more, gave Aaron quite a bit more time. Um, but at the same time, Rodgers had a couple touchdowns there. One of them, he had all day to throw. So, um, you know, I think it was a little bit of a mixed bag, but when they started to put it together, they put it together. Um, Yash Nyman came in, played good football for Elton Jenkins. He's going to need to continue to do that. He's our left tackle now going forward until David Bakhtiari hopefully gets back in December. So, um, you know, mixed bag, but I thought they settled in in a hostile environment, and that's always good to see. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, what can you say about performance, especially in the second half? You mentioned earlier the toe is certainly a legitimate concern, but um, particularly when it's something – that could affect his arm accuracy. You might say, well, why would his toe affect his arm accuracy? Well, because he's got to plant and push off, um, and his toe is going to take the brunt of that. But uh, it didn't affect him at all yesterday, um, and he was connecting. One of the things that um, I would really like to see is if there's a thing with momentum from game to game, if it can be that deep ball, because uh, he missed MVS a number of times in the first half. Uh, So I'm hoping that they just keep, you know, being aggressive with that, not necessarily on third down every time, but keep being aggressive with that and get that dialed in because if they, it doesn't have to be a 75 yard touchdown every week, but if they can get uh, that uh, vertical passing game dialed in and they can connect on one or two of those balls um, moving forward, that makes the big difference for this yeah. offense. It's a, a component that we've been missing all year uh, and it just opens everything up. Um, both, you know, obviously on the deep uh, and the big play standpoint, but as well as underneath uh, with the run game and everything else that you want to do. So, um, you know, it forces the defense to play back even further than they uh, already are. A lot of defenses are playing kind of a, a two shell look already, but uh, the, the the reality is, is that the Packers have not made teams pay. Uh, over the top and um, MBS was still only uh, four, four receptions out of his 10 targets yesterday. So mm. not a super efficient day and I'm not blaming MBS for that, but um, if he and Rogers can get just a tad bit more dialed in uh, moving forward as a result coming out of this week, I think that would be a huge lift to this offense as we hit the stretch run of this season. 
Wags, anything else looking at this Packers offense? We'll be doing a preview podcast later this week ahead of the uh, the Rams uh, game here that's coming up on Sunday. Uh, but anything else on the offensive side for this week? No, I mean, I think we touched on pretty much everything. I, 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 um, I, I guess I, I was a little bit surprised uh, that we didn't see a little bit more of Patrick Taylor, but mm-hmm. um, he had four carries. So uh, considering the amount of work that AJ Dillon had, I guess I shouldn't expect too much more from a percentage standpoint. Um, but, um, you know, he didn't have a significant impact, but first uh, extended action for him. So hopefully he can, uh, uh, in a, a smaller role, um, have uh, uh, some some impact as we move forward. For I saw him in, as well. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I I, I saw him uh, also in some pass pro, and I thought he looked pretty good in, in the limited snaps that he played in pass protection on third down. So for what it's worth, I think that's how you stick. Uh, on these rosters is with that pass protection when you've got a three-time MVP quarterback. And I thought he looked really good uh, overall in the the pass pro when he had to be out there for that. For sure. Um, well, Dane, we've gone 40 minutes and not mm-hmm. to uh, not to cut things short, but honestly, I, this isn't a game that I want to spend a whole lot more time than we already have Agreed. going over. We started with special teams, so uh, I don't think we really have much else to say on that front. Uh, why don't we hit uh, a couple of positive things here to close out uh, with our big cheese uh, players of the week. And uh, I think uh, defensively, I don't know about you. I'm just going to jump in here. Uh, to me, it was definitely Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, at the top um, what a positive impact he had, both in the run game. He had two tackles for a loss. He had two sacks. He had three quarterback hits. That's a great performance. Um, so I know that in a day that the defense struggled, it's it sometimes gets a, a little bit under the radar when you have an individual performance like that. Uh, but to me, Preston Smith had a really, really strong performance, and and I was very pleased with with how he contributed uh, coming off of the edge and and really, um, I, th- I thought they did a fine job against Dalvin Cook all day, mm-hmm. uh, and he was getting after. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins almost single-handedly. Um, so kudos to Preston Smith, and he's definitely my nomination on the defensive side. Couldn't agree more. Played impactful football all day. Really good uh, football again from Preston Smith. Um, uh, a couple honorable. So I'm with you. I think that Preston is our big cheese uh, of the week on the defensive side. And a couple honorable mention are Dairy Land, some uh, dominators for us. I would say Tipa Nolii. Played really good. Uh, played a lot of snaps. Played 35 snaps. And I would see Tyler Lancaster as well. Played a really, really complete game on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line. You mentioned the Packers bottling up. Delvin Cook. Um, look no further than uh, I thought. Uh, Big Lanny playing some pretty good football as well. But completely agree with you. Preston Smith, dominating performance from, from that linebacker. At a time when we needed pass rush, he brought it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, jumping over to the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, there's a couple guys. I don't know who to give more credit to, Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. Uh, To me, it comes down to those two. Uh, I'm just going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, On a day where he threw for 385 yards and four touchdowns, 
no interceptions. I mean, what he did in the second half single-handedly gave the Packers an opportunity to win this game, um, spread the ball around, uh, had two, obviously, with Devontae, but then MVS late, uh, mixing in DeGuara. Um, I thought he was efficient in how he used uh, A.J. Dillon as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, so it's oftentimes a super high bar to name Aaron as our big cheese offensive player of the week. Uh, but this was a week I thought he clearly earned that uh, designation. So for me, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm thinking Jordan Love after his one snap performance to end the half. Uh, no, it's Aaron Rodgers. Spot on, 100%. He heated up. I thought he was destined for a pretty off game that first quarter. So he just looked like he was, um, you know, not making all the throws. He proved me wrong. Not that he cares what I say, uh, but he proved the heck of a, you know, me wrong there with uh, just an incredible second half. I believe it was his uh, one of his statistically best quarterback performances in a loss. Uh, I, I wish that we didn't have to be a loss, but he played really great football. And I felt like, Wags, if he got that ball back, if Savage came down with that interception, Packers are winning that game. Rodgers looked dialed in. He looked like he was going to tear the hearts out of Minnesota Vikings. So it's a shame he wasn't able to get that ball. Uh, Want to give some Dairyland Dominator uh, performances as well. Curious if you have any, but I'd give one to St. Brown. I thought he played really good football. It's good to see him getting back out there and contributing to this offense. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to give it to him over MBS or Devontae Adams, though, uh, from a receiver standpoint. But I guess from what you expect, mm -hmm. um, that's fair. Uh, you, you wouldn't expect EQ uh, to have a few impact plays necessarily. So from that perspective, I, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, I just don't know if I would call it a dominating performance <laughs> compared to other two receivers that uh, were 100 plus yards and uh, a few touchdowns uh, that they contributed to the game. Um, but uh, I won't argue with you, Dane. That's finally, we need to move on from this one. Uh, and uh, I, I think special teams wise, I, I really don't have any, but um, do you have any, any that you wanted to nominate uh, when you look at special teams as a whole? I know that Mason Crosby is sort of the, the main thing that we're thinking and talking about right now, but uh, if I'm missing someone, please, please go ahead and, and nominate them now. No, I got nothing. I thought Pajorquez did a nice job of picking that ball up. It could have been a disaster early in the game. Um, but other than that, no, I don't have anybody that really stood out, unfortunately. Yep. Okay. Very good. Well, Dane, any closing thoughts uh, as we kind of put this one to bed? Um, I'm ready for a bye week. Uh, so it'd be really nice if we could take care of business against Los Angeles and then head into the bye with a win. It's going to be a really difficult performance. So be on the lookout for our preview podcast cast ahead of Sunday's game be coming out in the next few days. Uh, but I agree. I'm ready to wipe this bad taste out of my mouth. Uh, we've been fortunate. I've only had three of these this year so far. Uh, Packers weren't going to go undefeated. They weren't going to win out. I'd rather them take their lumps now. Uh, they need to get healthy. They need to buy. They need to, you know, get a little bit of a rest. But uh, before that, they got to go win another football game. And I think that'd go a long way in them securing the playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, again, I said at the top, we got to go big picture. Big picture is is that when you look at the schedule, uh, we've got four home games in our last six games, and I think just overall, it, you know, no game is ever a gimme in the NFL. But uh, the schedule overall, aside from getting uh, more home games, I think um, after this Rams game, realistically, it's just not quite as daunting as it's been for the last month. Uh, so if, and that's a big if, because I think we're assuming that some of these guys back, and I, I think we will, but um, 
that said, I hope I'm hoping it's sooner than later because we need that lift. In addition to the buy, we need the lift of of some of these uh, guys that uh, have been on the shelf for a while to come back and hopefully be healthy and hopefully be able to help us out for this stretch run. Um, so we do that. Um, you know, I, I think not only will we win the division easily, but um, we. I uh, still have everything in front of us uh, for a potential one seed, uh, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, this is, there's a lot to play for, um, for sure. And uh, as frustrating as a loss like that can be, um, thankfully, uh, we've uh, built up enough uh, that uh, we didn't need that game nearly as bad as the Vikings did. And right. um, so we're going to be fine. I think uh, just big picture coming out of it. So yeah, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And I think with that, we're going to sign off. Um, as always, go pack, go. Go pack, go. We're going to go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads, go pack, go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.